Hi, I'm Jackie and welcome to Season 1 of the Heal Thy Gut Podcast. I'm so excited that you have decided to support me on this next adventure. I am proud of you for creating time for your self-care. I have developed this podcast in order to share with you my passion for holistic health and I look forward to being inspired from the stories that I encounter. Hi Tiana, thank you for offering your time to share your perspective today on refugees. No worries, thanks for having me Jackie. So let's kick things off. So Tiana, for those out there just joining us today for our first episode, are you able to provide some context? So what exactly is a refugee? Yep, so there start with there's a bit of a difference between a refugee and an asylum seeker. So an asylum seeker is someone who has fled their country of origin um, and they're still waiting that decision as to whether or not their status of refugee has been accepted. Whereas a refugee is someone that's assessed by and meets the criteria for a refugee under the 1951 Refugee Convention. There's also applicable law around that. Um, and a person's legal status will change from a person seeking asylum to a refugee once that claim has been accepted. And so there's five points that it, the assessment comes under. So whether a person has a well-founded fear of persecution, that they'll be harmed for reasons of race, religion, nationality, membership of a particular social group or political opinion, that the harm they fear relates to all areas of their country and not just a localised area, that the government and authorities can't protect them from the harm and they cannot take reasonable steps to modify their behaviour to avoid that harm. And thank you for your insight. You've shared some really valuable like examples of what exactly a refugee is. Um, so going off that, so what do you think some of the barriers are for them to access healthcare in Victoria? Mm-hmm. So depending on, say, the visa that someone would have, um, there are varying degrees of support that a person might come to Australia with. So the Victorian Refugee Health and Wellbeing Action Plan has actually noticed some factors that might impact someone's ability to achieve good physical and mental health. Um, these points have included, so housing insecurity or affordability, no employment or, say, the demonstration of financial hardship, their level of education and literacy, the need to adapt to a new environment and culture, which is quite prevalent when arriving in and living in a new country, discrimination, lack of family and support networks, particularly from having families separated over different countries um, and different family dynamic changes that might result out of that, and also the ability to access and use healthcare services. And these issues also highlight how important it is for people of a refugee background to receive timely and expert health advice, both upon settlement and when they're still settled into Australia. And although these things can be seen as barriers, they, they can also be countered by a number of factors that the action plan also has given reference to. Um, so if there's communication of these supports, um, people in these areas are expertise in refugee health, not necessarily in every field, but it does help when they do have an expertise in that. Um, also that these services are cult- quite culturally responsive and adapt to the needs of people that there's health literacy available, these services are accessible, um, there's coordination between the services, flexibility of the models, and the services are evidence-based practices as well. And even and luckily, like the translation of the health information, is that translated for the different languages? 
100%. I think uh, you'd probably have to have a look up at that, but there are, yeah, translator services available as well, which are really, really handy, especially if someone obviously doesn't understand the language and is able to have that added layer of support. Yep, definitely. I definitely believe that refugees deserve the same quality of care, just like anyone else in Victoria, especially given the current climate of the coronavirus that we currently face and I've just seen like the current lockdown of the public housing towers in Victoria is a prominent recent example of the hardships that we all can relate to of what they experience on a daily basis. So can you describe for us the collateral mental health impacts on refugee mental health? Of course. Um, so I'm not exactly qualified to be discussing um, the specific mental health impacts from the situation at hand at the moment. Um, but in terms of general, the general idea of mental health, it is it's quite clear that at the moment it's a challenging time for everyone, um, mm-hmm. especially those who are doing it tough out there. Um, and these challenges themselves are undoubtedly going to be presenting issues both now um, and also into the future. But in terms of the refugee and asylum seeker population, um, the impacts of trauma, they're quite well researched and well established. So trauma that arises from situations such as war or violence have also been shown to demonstrate the development of mental health conditions or to bring up pre-existing mental health conditions. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the prominent ones are post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety or depression. And I guess this impacts of moving from one country to another as an asylum seeker or refugee also exacerbates these conditions. And if a client comes into Australia with not many, not support at all, they may, depending on their visa type, may not have work rights, um, much financial support or access to healthcare or accommodation. The experience of trauma itself and these mental health conditions can have a significant impact on one's daily life. And to, uh, 110%, yeah. Yeah, and I guess one of the studies that's been done kind of puts it into perspective and they studied 3,000 people from the refugee background and... had a mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess that is is absolutely quite a high prevalence and it just highlights how important it is to provide proper mental health support. And I think like going off, it's sort of based on that trigger of like triggers that uncertainty of what's ahead for them as well. I think that's Mm -hmm. one factor that would trigger their mental health as well. Um, Yeah, I guess that's yeah. Yeah, just really important to highlight how important it is to have continued um, physical and mental health support throughout one settlement in Australia because if it's not continued after the first initial assessment, if there is one, then it's just going to keep escalating. Yeah, yeah. escalating from there. Exactly. So it really, you really show an empathetic um, tone with the whole community during this stressful time. So I really appreciate your opinion on that matter. So if you could explain, do you know of any more, any other crucial mental health legal services that are available for refugees that might be listening to our podcast today in Victoria who are facing hardship during this current lockdown? Yes, of course. Um, The particular current climate at the moment, it does highlight how important it is for mental health and legal services in particular Mm -hmm. to be brought together. Um, And for the refugee and asylum seeker population, it's important that these services are targeted and um, free as well. And that can help with, I guess, initial assessment of any, say, legal issues or mental health issues and also continued support throughout their time. Yeah. The therapeutic method uh, merits of an integrated mental health and legal approach 
has received a bit of attention in research and it just highlights how important it is that these systems are banded together. Um, there are places that offer amazing legal services for clients of a refugee background. Um, just to highlight as well, to keep in mind that the availability of the services might have changed during this time. So just to be checking what, what's available at the moment, like jumping onto Google, having a quick search or calling up an organisation just to double check. So for legal services, um, there's places such as Victoria, Victoria Legal Aid, Refugee Legal, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, Justice mm -hmm. Connect, Federation of Community Legal Services, Life Without Barriers, um, and a lot, a lot of other community legal services do offer legal support as well. Um, material aid, which is also really integral, is available from places such as Friends of Refugees, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and Red Cross, for example. Um, and there's also mental health services that are available. Some of these, say, community legal centre might be able to refer one to a mental health mm -hmm. service, but individually established mental health services for this client base would be Foundation House um, that provides free counselling for survivors of trauma or torture, if that's relevant, or the Monash Health Refugee Services. And, of course, there's plenty, plenty more. They're just highlighting a couple of the few ones. You've just handpicked like a few crucial ones, which is yeah. so important for people right now, but also they're under high demand, so it's just whoever is most available. Absolutely, yeah, that's really important as well because there's so, so, so much just need. just be patient, and... yep. Mm -hmm. um, I think just to highlight the impact of the integration of the mental health and legal support, um, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is mm -hmm. amazing and they offer... A holistic model of support so say someone needs different services they can tailor that to the person obviously depend on need of the organization as well um, but that's an amazing place for people of a refugee or asylum seeker background to get assistance I and jackie you did also mention a while ago um sister works do you want to speak about that oh so i've just um discovered this charity called sister works that you just mentioned and they enable I think they're like a startup charity and they enable refugees to use their existing skills to create mm -hmm. the in-demand face masks at the time, at this time, which are now mandatory, obviously, across all the lockdown areas. So it's just such a great, like, community-based initiative that helps, like, create that acceptance and involvement of refugees in our community. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, very good to hear. It's good how we're... Working from the grassroots, I think that's exactly. very important. I feel as though we've had the chance to dive into some important topics today and I have no doubt that our listeners have learnt something new about what it is like to be a part of the refugee community. It has given them the chance to walk in someone else's shoes during this whole episode. So just to cap encapsulate what we've been talking about, what was the main lessons that you learnt from the UN convention that you attended? Yeah, so um, it was about two years ago, I went to a conference called the University Scholars Leadership Symposium at the United Nations in Bangkok. Um, and it was a conference that brought, it was over a thousand people from different countries in the world. Um, and we talked about and discussed how to utilise leadership skills and social awareness just to create a more peaceful, just and sustainable world. It was an incredible, incredible conference. Um, one of the main taking points I heard from it and learnt from it was how we all need to work together to work towards the UN Sustainable Goals. Um, those can be brought, broken down into different subsets, such as poverty, education, climate change. So they do relate to individual communities, but also to the global, the global world as well. 
um, that there's only so much that really that we can be do about talking about these sort of issues like we are now, which I think is amazing. Um, but it's also so important that people are going out there and creating tangible change because that's when the real difference is going to be made. So someone, um, you can post something online or talk to people about something, and I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But if everyone just going about there, you know, posting up another Instagram story or sharing something that 4,000 other people have shared, yeah, that's wonderful. But what if every one of those people went out into the community and did something like with the community organisation or started up an action group or um, connected some way to people, say, oh, we're talking about before, of mm-hmm. a refugee background, how much change that would actually make instead of just saying. So I think, the yeah, from the conference, the biggest point was to do something. Um, so I encourage everyone that's out there to help change grow from the grassroots um, and to empower everyone to take on these new initiatives to create a more peaceful, just and sustainable world. And is there any examples of like community initiatives that you've been a part of that you would recommend other people join in on? 100%. Um, so we've both been involved in Edwin Rice Camps, a fantastic yep. organisation. So if you head onto the website, you can have a look up what we do for camps there. Definitely recommend. Um, also, there's a group called Shift where we were doing acts of, one act of activism per week, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, per day for a month. And that's an incredible way to kind of take that stepping stone into the world of activism where you're doing something and also engaging in conversations with people about how to create change. Um, and also the Edmund Rice, I forgot the name, right? Edmund Rice um, Community and Refugee Services where we do tutoring. Um, there's also a lot of different organisations out there that are involved in sort of any sort of um, volunteer area. So I encourage people to get online, um, get in contact with any organisation you're interested in applying for or volunteering with and, yeah, take the time now to get involved. Honestly, I think after today you've probably just planted the seed and hopefully that will have a knock-on effect and a ripple effect of people just putting their hands up and wanting to volunteer. So I think we'd like to wish you all the best with your future studies and I'd like to say um, that I'm so proud of the enthusiasm that you have for making an impact in today's society and I just think that you've always placed these social justice issues at the forefront and well, I think everyone's just so inspired by hearing you share your story today, Tiana. So thank you. Thank you, Jackie. No, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> amazing that you're doing something like this to yeah, raise awareness about all these issues you're going to talk about as well. So thank you so much. All right. Looking forward to next week, everyone. So take care.